I am often asked about why I wanted to become a deacon, but more frequently I am asked, what is a deacon? What does a deacon do? Even why do we need deacons? The elevator speech on the diaconate is in our ordination vows. We are to serve all people, particularly the poor, the weak, the sick, and the lonely. We are to interpret to the church the needs, concerns, and hopes of the world. Then the next set of questions are about, but why do you have to study, discern, pray, wear the fancy duds? To do that, just go out and do it. But we do this preparation, I I did this preparation, because we hope, and let me stress hope, because I am not there and will spend the rest of my life trying unsuccessfully to get there, to live the word. To show through our actions the redemptive power of the love of Jesus Christ. Today's gospel, the parable of the sower, is the perfect framework to explore this a little further. In a somewhat unusual move for him, Jesus really helps the first-time preacher uh, by explaining what the parable means. The sower is spreading the word about salvation, a new life through belief in God, how God protects, cares, and cherishes us and the world, about how we can achieve peace by living our lives faithfully. It can almost be read as a pep talk for deacons. Don't get discouraged. Some won't care. Some will care, but not enough. Some will understand, but just not be able to change their lives. But some, some will get it. So keep going, keep trying, keep spreading the word. But this parable is not just about the seed, it is also about the soil. As Matthew tells us, but as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Good soil, healthy and rich, that will yield fruit a hundred times over. What does that mean in our lives? How do we spread the word and ensure that we remain open and able to understand Jesus' teachings? For me, that has come as a call to the diaconate. Of course, I am ever mindful that my original call, the call of all Christians, is our baptism. And today, at the next service, there will be an opportunity for us to reaffirm our baptismal vows during the baptism of Samuel David. St. Francis of Assisi, who was a deacon, is often quoted as saying, preach the gospel at all times. Use words only when necessary. Like a lot of great quotes, he may not actually have said that. But putting that aside, what does that mean to live the gospel without words? This idea is very attractive to me. You try and live a good life 
a holy life as an example to others of what the Bible tells us. Our ordination vows specifically require us to do this. A deacon vows to do their best to pattern our life in accordance with the teaching of Christ so that you may be a wholesome example to all people. But is being an example enough? When you are on the road to becoming a deacon, you meet with a lot of groups, a lot of times. Your discernment committee, the commission on ministry, and the standing committee. Initially, these are very tough meetings as folks poke and prod into every facet of your life and not just your spiritual life. They want to make sure you are making a good decision for yourself and for the church. Once you are accepted, those meetings become much easier. Now they really want you to succeed, and they are there to guide you and get you back on the right path if you have troubles. Except for one guy. My classmates and I decided he was a real pill. When we would gather after these meetings, our initial conversation was always about him. Did he give you that look? Did he tell you that you're not praying enough? Did he ask you if you believed in Jesus? In our last meeting, when we had already ordered our beautiful red ordination stoles, he called me out as I talked about my desire to be a good example by living a good life. He told me that wasn't enough. I needed to talk about Jesus. I needed to be preaching on street corners. I had to be the sower. And of course, like so many pains in the neck, he made us mad because he was challenging us. He was asking us to do uncomfortable things, to do hard things, to live the life of a Jesus follower. And he wasn't really asking. He was expecting us as deacons to be more than just helpers, but to proclaim why. When you know where I work, you would think it would be easy to discuss scripture and talk about Jesus. Like many deacons, I have a full-time job in addition to my work for Christ Church. I work for the United Methodist Church. They have a publishing division, a retail division, and I'm on the retail side at Cokesbury. All day long, we create and procure Bibles, books, vestments, anything and everything a church needs. The mission statement of UMPH is reaching more people in more places with quality services and resources that help them come to know and deepen their knowledge of God through Jesus Christ, learn to love God, and choose to serve God and neighbor. We are there to help the sowers and improve the soil. It is very diaconal. But even at the Methodist Publishing House, we are careful about how we talk about the Bible and Jesus. There are divisions among us about how we hear and interpret scripture. We are Christians from a variety of denominations. Some of my coworkers aren't thrilled about a woman deacon. Even among the Methodists, there are deep divisions about what the Bible is telling us. Our Methodist brothers and sisters are going through a very painful schism as we did two decades ago. Those divisions are magnified a hundred times out in the world. And this isn't news that our society is divided over every issue imaginable. 
Sometimes I'm tempted to hide the fact that I'm a Christian. Though I am happy to proclaim my faith, I'm so afraid that I will be thought of as that type of Christian if I speak out. A Christian that uses the Bible as a hammer. You can fill in the blanks. You know what I mean. I've learned, though, in the last month that wearing a collar pretty much tells the world who you are. In a hospital or nursing home, food pantry, wherever, people see that collar, and I hope they see the hands of Christ at work. If we go back to the start, I hope you can better understand why I wanted to become a deacon, maybe a bit about what a deacon does. I know that you understand after the last 10 minutes that I need your help. And this is the most important duty of a deacon, finding ways to empower the congregation to help. I look forward to being in conversation with you about what evangelism means and how to do it, how to do it together. I love helping during the service, reading the gospel, setting the table. But at the end of the service, you hear the deacon say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Go, serve. With your support, love, and prayers, I will go out in the world, not just to serve, but to seek opportunities for us to serve the world together. Let me say that one more time. Together. Together to spread the seeds. Together to enrich the soil. Together to do the hard, messy, uncomfortable, and never perfect work. As the Catechism teaches us, together to work, pray, and give for the spread of the kingdom of God.